Welcome to Day 183 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Uh, we continue our journey through uh, First Kings. And of course, we followed the history of Israel from the time that God has redeemed them to a people, brought them to the foot of Mount Sinai, and entered into a covenant with them in which they become his treasured possession and a, and a people to reflect his heart and character as a holy priesthood uh, to the nations. And the history of Israel from that point, from God's great rescue and from the entering into the covenant, becomes a, a huge disappointment. Immediately, uh, they create these idols of the golden calves and begin to worship them. They rebel against Moses and his leadership all the way to the land of Israel and finally refuse to go in and take the promise. There's 40 years that they waste away in the wilderness. And finally, they take possession of the land. God fulfills his promises, and they become a people who does... Uh, what is right in their own eyes, and there is no king. So they cry out for a king, and God gives them a very worldly king. He looks like a king, he acts like a king, and he becomes very you know, egocentric, and toward the end of his life, he's a dismal uh, you know, disappointment. Then there's a king after God's own heart, and he starts out well, and he starts out bold, and God gives him great success, and Israel enjoys this incredible prosperity, but he too in a moment of weakness falls away from the Lord and the impact of that uh, you know, it affects his whole family and he comes to a very ignoble end. And then there's Solomon. Solomon starts well. Uh, he seeks God's wisdom. He considers himself a small child and, and looks for God's guidance to lead the nation, but he soon becomes caught up in his power and in his prestige. And while he extends the border of Israel and the wealth of Israel, uh, in the end he does the very thing that Moses warned them. They become so caught up in their wealth that their hearts are turned from the Lord their God. And now we have his son, Rehoboam, who, who comes to the throne. And Rehoboam will take uh, the great things that God has done so far and he will squander them almost completely. Uh, the nation will divide in two. And not only will they divide in two, there will not be many bright moments in this story uh, you know, really until the time of Christ. There will be a few that we will revel in and deeply enjoy, but we will be deeply disappointed in the people of Israel. And of course, as we're disappointed in their unfaithfulness to God, we see a reflection of a God who has done great things for us, whom we easily ignore and get drawn off into other things. So as we come to the split of the kingdom, uh, the divided kingdom, an important part in the biblical story, as always, we pause and offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord, uh, knowing that He is not only showing us His heart and character through Scripture, but He is also revealing our heart and character and calling us to be a people uh, after His own heart. So before we uh, uh, read, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Uh, Matt, you mind leading us in prayer? Sorry. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together as your people to hear your word and um, and not just study it, but uh, marvel at it, to, to know that even as we see the, the ugliness of um, sin and, and the dark um, times in Israel, Father, we look forward to, the, um, to also marveling in the grace that is displayed in Christ Jesus and, and seeing how this points us ultimately to him. And so, Father, would you capture our hearts in this moment? Um, would we worship you? Would we be encouraged and, um, and edified by your word today? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
First Kings chapter 12, verse 1, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt, so they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days, then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? How would we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I'll make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord to fulfill the word of the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah the Shilonite. When all of Israel saw the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, Israel. Look after your own house, David. So the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. King Rehoboam sent out Adoram, who was in charge of forced labor, but all of Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to assembly and made him king over all of Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered all of Judah and the tribes of Benjamin, 180,000 able young men, to go to war against Israel and to regain the kingdom for Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But this word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. Do not go up to fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and went home again as the Lord had ordered. Then Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. From there he went out and built up Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to the Lord, uh, to their Lord Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and return to King Rehoboam. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, is it too much for you to go up to Jerusalem? Here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel, the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin. The people came to worship the one at Bethel and went as far as Dan to worship the other. Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were not Levites. He instituted a festival on the 15th day of the 8th month, like the festival held in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. This he did in Bethel. 
sacrificing to the calf he had made. And at Bethel he also installed priests at high places and that uh, at the high places he made. On the fifteenth day of the eighth month, the month of his own choosing, he offered sacrifices on the altar he had built at Bethel. So he instituted a festival for the Israelites and went up to the altar to make offerings. So there they are, the the golden calves, you know, have have, have finally returned. The uh, the nemesis of Israel immediately after they enter into this wonderful covenant with God, and we see them set up once again. All kinds of dynamics happening in this passage as Rehoboam is not the kind of king that God would desire. He's one who sees the people there to serve his purposes, rather seeing himself as a shepherd of God's people in order to serve them uh, you know, for their prosperity and for their flourishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes us all the way back to the judges period when you know, people begin to ask, we want a king like every other nation, and Every other nation's king, you know, demanded obedience and and service from the people. And you know, here, you know, it says, if you will be a servant to these people and serve them, you know, they will get you. Know, you'll get a favorable answer. And he, he says he rejected their advice. You know, he wants nothing to do with that. And so we're we're watching kind of this unfolding of um, God's king. You know, is not the kind of king that God desires to be His people. And we see that because it ultimately points us forward to Jesus, who is the true King. You know, when He came and He ushers in His kingdom. He didn't come in order to, you know, be served by everyone. He came to serve, you know, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching this upside down. Um, it, it, and also, kind of as we watch this upside down kingdom, uh, or maybe man's expectations and God's, we're also seeing, it's almost like this reversal back to ex- or to the Egyptian experience. Mm-hmm. You know, that again, the people find themselves under the hand of a, of a harsh ruler. And at this, they're going back to the old idolatries of the past. So as the further they get away from Egypt, the closer they return back to it. And we shouldn't really be confused, you know, with even the advice, you know, that is given to you know Rehoboam by the elders. It's it's not necessarily godly advice. It's very practical advice. If you serve them, they will serve you. And of course, our Lord, you know, went even deeper uh, when he said, you know, I've come. You know, Son of Man has not come to. Uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life away is a ransom for many. So we're, we're called to give our life away and to serve others, not so they in turn do for us what we want them to do, but simply to be everything that Christ was, self-giving in our leadership. And, and so the call is a, is a deep call, mm-hmm. and of course is reflected in the far better king, mm-hmm. you know, who is Jesus. Yeah. And you got to love as well. You know, when the, when the people go to Rehoboam at the start of the chapter, you know, they say, your, your father put a, talking about Solomon, put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten this harsh labor and this heavy yoke. And, you know, the people are asking for a lighter yoke. And then, you know, obviously he gets, he gets some decent counsel. Then he gets the really bad counsel and goes with the bad counsel. And, and then he even tells them even further, you know, my, you think my father put a heavy yoke on you? I'll make it even heavier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as we've already talked about, you know, the Old Testament is, is pointing us to Jesus and pointing us to Christ, and it's even here in, in that language that we see that when Jesus shows up, he tells the people, like, hey, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and come to me and I'll give you rest, rest for your souls. And so there's where we see that these men were supposed to be leading the people of God in a certain way. They, they failed to, but Jesus came and did lead the people as it was always meant to be, and so yeah. he's he's the greater Rehoboam here in, in this passage. Yeah. And I just like your characterization hey. of Jesus. Hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you, dudes? Yeah. Well, uh, take my yoke upon you. Yeah. Even his invitation, come to me, is is so 
thoughtful of the person and not at all selfish of come to me so I can get this from you. It's going to yeah. come to me so that, no, it's... so that, I, yeah, I'll invite you here as long as you do these things and serve me, but no, come to me. My yoga is easy and I, I, I will give you rest. Like this, these are the things I can give to you. So that's just a, man, Jesus is so good. But, um, but I, I had one other thought about, um, about uh, Jeroboam um, when he sets up the calves he says um, in verse 29, let's see, oh, when, where is it where he says, um, here are your calves, here are your gods. I can't yeah, even find it. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. Verse 29. Oh, yeah, verse 28. 28. Yeah, here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And I just, we read that and I was like, wow. I mean, he, I think he is convinced that he's doing right, maybe. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> He has completely forgotten the Shema in We're this moment. We're seeing Exodus 32 again. Yeah. Well, like the Shema is completely absent from his mind because it begins with, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. He is one God, and he is God over all Israel. And he has, is saying, here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. And that's not the same God. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not convinced he's doing right. Mm. You know, matter of fact, you know, God has has promised him I will give you you know this 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 kingdom as long as you are faithful to me uh, like David has been and follow after my laws you know and my decrees and of course it's the same thing you know that uh, Aaron said behold here are your gods mm -hmm. and so you just see a repeat of you know the very heart uh, no sooner have you know Israel come into covenant with him you know and God said you should not make images you should not have any other you know God before me and we always want to we always want a God that you know we we can touch and we can feel and we can control, mm -hmm. and, and of course that's what this is about. And again, you have bad advice. Rehoboam got bad advice, and Jeroboam's advisor said we need to set up a rival temple. And you you see mm -hmm. all of the infractions of the covenant: mm -hmm. priests that are not Levites, festivals that have not been assigned by the Lord, places of worship, images. You know, and, and you see here the heart of will it keep coming up again and again yeah. and again. How the people are unfaithful to God. Mm -hmm. Katie Kresge, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Right. Father, just we just come before you and we confess that we are so unfaithful to you. We, um, like these men that we're reading about, um, tend to to want to hear um, words that um, that we want to hear, and not necessarily words that are hard to hear that we need to hear. Um, and we want to build up for ourselves, um, our own kingdoms and, um, we want to be served if we're truly honest. Um, and so father, forgive us for those, um, kingdoms that we build for ourselves. And would you lead us, um, in humility and you already have given us such an example of humility in Jesus. Um, but Holy Spirit, would you continue to to sanctify our hearts and chip away at the, the pride that comes up, um, and the longing for, um, control and comfort and power. Um, and would you help us to, to walk in obedience as your, as your disciples, Lord? Uh, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.